2: going to get on the show a restaurant cakes and then an actress from ireland a lovely and talented orla Brady. yeah that marcel marceau thing i actually watched the movie with uh, jesse eisenberg who i don't like because i think he's just a dead fish and it's one thing if you're playing mark zuckerberg and you're playing it as a dead fish but then you realize that every role he's ever done he's exactly the same guy so i don't like him um he's not a disaster i just don't care for him uh but i watched the movie and i didn't realize marcel marceau helped uh, these uh, jewish children in france over the alps into switzerland but it is a
3: sad movie. <laughs>
2: It's got a Klaus Barbie uh, part in it. But man, is it a sad movie. And apparently, his first performance he ever did were in front of U.S. troops, and Georges Patton, played by Ed Harris, introduces him to the troops, and he said, You're going to want to remember this guy's name. Is that true? Damn! All right. Enough with the cakes and the restaurants. We do like cake and restaurants, though. No? And I like it the other way around. I like the restaurant then the cake. But uh, we have uh, Mark Jason Murray on the other side, author. We also have uh, Gary Green, the CEO of Alliance Sports. And then Tim Schreiber, Of course, his uh, brother-in-law at one point was Arnold Schwarzenegger, Black Plowman Schwarzenegger from uh, Österreich, or as we call it, Austria. Although I think it's more fun to say "österreich" or Eastern. Right.
4: "österreich."
2: All right. Maybe I should take my name to Rick Till. At uh, Jeff Ross once said, Larry King, his Yiddish name is Yech. <laughs> That's the kind of humor I like. What, anti-Semitic? No, just funny sounds. That's my funny All right, another two hours together. Who knows what will happen? Come on back.
5: Oh, 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 alright. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get up to a $15 gift card after mail-in rebate when you purchase select SuperStart batteries. With the power and capacity your vehicle demands, SuperStart batteries are designed for lasting performance and consistent starts. Turn the key with confidence with SuperStart batteries only at O'Reilly Auto Parts.
4: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: Check me out, Rick Tittle, with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Mark Jason Murray. He's here to talk about the Kickstarter, which just began two days ago, on the birthday of Dolomite himself, Rudy May Moore, and that is to get the authorized biography of Rudy Ray Moore. I want to thank you for letting me be myself. Mark, tell us a little bit more about how this all got started, man.
7: This is Authorized. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me on. Um, well, it's, it's a long story, but I'll make it short. Um, about, well, 30 years ago, I was 17 years old and saw Rudy's movie Dolomite. Um, everybody knows who Dolomite is now, thanks to the uh, Eddie Murphy film, Dolomite is My Name. Um, th- back then, there was no information on him whatsoever, but when I saw that movie, uh, it was available to rent everywhere. I couldn't believe it. It was just, it blew my mind. It was absurd, it was crazy, it was funny. Uh, so I just kind of set out on personal quest when I'm interested in something, I want to know everything about it. Uh, you know, Google didn't exist. You just really had to dig. And so I started finding records of his in, the, in used record stores. Didn't even know he was a, a recorded comedian. Uh, found 45s. Didn't know he was a singer. Uh, and it just it just blossomed from there couple years later I was able to actually get his address and get in touch with him and uh, from that point forward we were in close contact Um, I built his website com. would promote him when I could Um, and then officially in 2001 he uh, agreed for me to uh, write his his story Um, but here I am 20 years after that fact uh, with it finally finished you know that's how long it took for the the story of his life and legacy to, uh, reach its, you know, end result.
2: The, um, yeah, he passed away at 81, uh, in 2008, um, growing up, going to the schools I did, which were, um, you know, predominantly African American. I had, uh, some pretty good insights from buddies into some of the stuff. And I remember in the seventies, my friend saying, oh, you gotta hear Dolomite cause he swears. What? And he was almost like this legend. It's like Dolomite. I mean, like, what, the mountains? And it's like, no, nah, man, it's Dolomite. And it was just almost like this, it's like getting a Cuban cigar, like contraband to hear the Dolomite record. It just was like the coolest thing ever.
7: It, it, it was. I mean, he he was afraid when he put that album out, which uh, was called Eat Out More Often in 1970. Um, he really took the the explicit language uh, further than it had ever been on on a, a commercially available record. Um luckily he never had any issues um partly because it was still even considered underground. Some stores would just put it under the counter. You'd have to go up and ask if they had it. They'd put it in a little paper bag and send you on your way and but he he I think the 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 biggest thing that I find that's so influential and amazing about him is just his tenacity. And he he never gave up. You know, when Dolomite Is My Name came out, Eddie Murphy was doing all the the press releases and going on Ellen DeGeneres and everybody um, talking about how Rudy was the loser who refused to lose. And and I don't take that as a derogatory term that he was a loser, so to speak. But Rudy's failures far outweighed any of his successes. Um, But he never gave up. He always believed he had something. And um, you know, I kind of quote Rudy with this book project. Uh, Rudy's motto is always, "You take it to the people, and the people will decide what you have." So, uh, with with that spirit in in mind, uh, you know, I'm bringing his story to the people, and I'm hoping that the people will allow that full story to be told. You know, the Dolomite is my name. The film is just a tiny piece of that whole thing, and um, you know, he really he really does have. a a true legacy and it's, it's much further beyond just being, you know, quote unquote, a filthy comic. Uh, You know, Rudy was Rudy Ray Moore. He wasn't Dolomite. He's like any other performer. He's portraying a character and he was lucky enough to find a character that stuck that, that, you know, people have that sometimes, hopefully in anyone's career, they can find that sort of uh, defining uh, character or portrayal that, that solidifies themselves and he was lucky to find that with dolomite and you know, it's it just continues to grow his fandom uh, his influence uh, the respect um, luckily for him and I say that uh, because he wouldn't say that he would of course wanted to be a millionaire and 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 uh, been on a, you know the the heights of all the TV shows and and respected like someone like Richard Pryor at the time but to, to his credit he he actually never broke through in that way and I, if he would have it would have, I think it would have diluted everything that he was about in a way and we wouldn't be talking about him today it's interesting uh, yeah.
2: the other thing too is that you know in the 70s we started getting flamboyant pimps uh, not just on the street but Hollywood you think about Huggy Bear on Starsky and Hutch mm-hmm. but he yeah. was, Dolomite was the first character where, it wasn't just a pimp, like, I'm a pimp, I'm a pimp, baby. And it was like a cool, almost funny type of thing. It had nothing to do with exploiting or beating women. You know, he made it into this comedic thing. And even to this day, my friends and I, if we say something's pimpy, it's cool. And that's still from what Dolomite created, with something being so pimpy.
7: Well, he, he in his movies, it's <laughs> never actually really expressed fully that he's a pimp. Um, in, in the in the movie Dolomite, yes, it's implied, but that's not the focus of his film. You know, he has his Madame and and his girls, but really, all Dolomite cares about in that film is he's been framed, and he wants to take his club back. You know, that's 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 essentially the plot of that movie. Um, Rudy had a very uh, small world view, and I, I think that reflects in all of his his films because he's he's doing what he was familiar with, he spent pretty much his entire life traveling and performing since he was about fifteen years old. Um, so all he knew was performing in clubs and and so it's kind of like the 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 scope of his movies is very small he's not saving the world he just wants to save his own world you know
2: so tell us about. Uh, the project here and the 30-day Kickstarter, what are we, uh, what are you hoping to accomplish here?
7: So if you're not familiar with Kickstarter, it's just basically a funding platform. Um, It comes out as an all-or-nothing scenario. So I've brought forward a a financial figure that would basically get me about 1,500 books printed and delivered to uh, everyone that would support it. Um, You're basically pledging your your uh, dollar value, whether you're just purchasing a book, whether I've had people just donate money to the project um, with no, uh, no reward for it. Um, you can get DVDs and, and uh, CDs and such with that and sort of package deals. And I'm just here, like Rudy did, you know, feet to the pavement, trying to you know spread the word and make this thing a reality because it, it really is a, an inspiring story. Even if you're not a fan of... Of his work, you know that was one of the beauties of dolomite is my name the film is it didn't focus on so much his material it just focused on his drive and his tenacity and his, his refusal to ever ever give up on himself
2: so where do we go rudy rudyraymore dot com
7: that'll take you to the link it's the All easiest right. way to get to it
2: this is I mean mark this is your guy isn't it this is your this is your main i mean this is your main man right
7: well, I mean, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that Rudy was my idol. He was a friend. Um, you know, I, I cherish those uh, times and, and conversations that we had together throughout those, you know, maybe 15 years or so when I knew him before he passed. Um, but ultimately, I believe that this is a story that's uh, so much, has so much value and is worth telling. I spent three decades of my life putting it together.
2: Great stuff. RudyRayMoore.com. Mo- Rudy We've been speaking with Mark Jason Murray. Mark, congratulations on the project. Thanks for stopping by, man.
7: Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
2: All right. I'm Rick Tiddle. Come on back on support.
3: 800-754-4531 We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt. Call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have Debt Destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. Debt problems don't have to be overwhelming. You can live stress-free and debt-free That's eight seven seven three six zero zero four zero
0: two.
4: I'm sorry, it's the, it's the pleats. It's, a, it's actually an optical illusion. It's the pattern on the pants that, it's not fla- flattering in the, the crotchal region. I'm actually taking them back right now, taking them back to the, the pants store.
9: Tittle is a majestic stallion. All right,
2: uh, thank you, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Our next guest is Gary Green. He is the CEO of Alliance Sports, and they are now in partnership with some funds managed by Oaktree Capital Management. They're going to be providing loans to minor league baseball teams in need of capital through a newly created fund. Gary, as we already knew before the pandemic, Major League Baseball was going to be gouging our minor leagues. And when I mean that, there'll be a lot of towns in America that don't have baseball anymore. There's been a restructuring. We have partner leagues now as well. But more than that, these teams were already operating on a shoelace and they need money. That's where you guys step in, huh?
8: Uh, yeah, um, we, we're stepping in and, uh, the pandemic has really, you know, hurt a lot of businesses. And if you think about minor league baseball, we really haven't had income since the, uh, since, uh, September, 2019, which is the last time we had games. So it's been particularly long, uh, for minor league baseball. So this, this comes in at the right time for minor league baseball, uh, given the pandemic. Um, you know, we, we think the, the relationship with major league baseball now you, you had used the word gouge. I, I don't necessarily agree with, with that. I think Major League Baseball um, in the short term, there's a lot of changes, but I think overall it's going to add value to the minor league baseball teams to be under their umbrella. So, um, you know, that, that will be seen. And, um, you know, with the pandemic, it's harder to tell. But uh, we feel pretty good about that.
2: Well, of course, every decision is going to be made. Because of dollar signs, uh, we know that. So let's talk about the loans. How are the teams uh, eligible for these loans?
8: Sure. So teams that are eligible based on uh, having uh, an, an affiliation with Major League Baseball. There's also a Dream League that's affiliated with baseball, with Major League Baseball. They would be um, they would be eligible, um, and there's certain and there has to be certain uh, economic performance indicators which are tricky right now in the middle of the pandemic um but you know oak Tree's familiar with the scenario of what's happening with minor league baseball and the pandemic and and you know we have to sift through all that data but uh we've raised uh 100 million dollars to to put out to help the industry and there's there's really two tranches of this there's really two reasons for this one is to get through the pandemic um the other is that teams are going to need capital uh, some more than others to get MLB compliant for their stadiums. Their stadiums need to be upgraded um, and some need more than others. And a lot of them it's overdue uh, to be MLB compliant for the increased needs that major league baseball has for, for scouts and, you know, more areas for, uh, for female um, executives or female umpires. So there's a whole host of things, nutrition, nutrition, there's a whole host of things as MLB has gotten more sophisticated, um, MiLB will have to become more sophisticated with um, the spaces that they provide.
2: I know that the Pioneer League is going to be an indie league, but will also be partnered with MLB. Is the Pioneer League eligible for a loan? Uh,
8: yes, yes. Pioneer. I mean, any any team that's that's affiliated with uh, with with Major League Baseball uh, is is eligible. Um, you know, the, the stronger credits tend to be at the AAA and AA level, and obviously when you have a lending program, uh, the stronger the credit, the better. Um, so that, that's, uh, that's important as, as far as that conversation.
2: We know also that this year the minor leagues uh, are going to be uh, guinea pigs for some new rules uh, depending on the level. I know that Alliance operates the Giants AA affiliate out there in uh, Richmond, the Flying Squirrels, uh, no shifts this year in double uh, a is that something that minor league uh, organizations that you guys embrace and say uh... let's just see what happens
8: and that's a great question and, and i think it it's the information so fresh that i really haven't spoken to our guys at the giants uh... or the rays or or the royals about it but as a fan speaking just from a fan i like no shifts. uh... i nothing's more frustrating is when when your team gets up and one of your players Crushes the ball And you know From all your years Watching baseball As a kid And you think Oh that's a single Up the middle And then there's Somebody stationed Right there as, as an easy ground ball
2: Yeah I know Although George Brett Now we all can't hit Like George Brett He said if there was Shifts when he was playing He'd hit 500 But not everybody Can go the other way Right?
8: <laughs> uh, I, by the way I, I love George Brett He's one of my Favorite people In baseball And, uh, and we've talked About that And I I mean look He's He's, he's pretty confident that way, but he could hit anywhere. He could spray the ball anywhere, so I, I kind of agree with that. But, uh, you know, I think I think most guys, instead of trying to hit around the shift, they just try to hit it over the shift for a, for a home run.
2: No doubt. We're speaking with Gary Green, CEO of Alliance Sports. I know you guys also operate uh, Baseball America, which is a uh, you know baseball lifer like me. I love uh, Baseball America, and I know um, – you know, as I said, even before the pandemic, print magazines were going the way of the dodo, and you even think about a great institution like Sports Illustrated, which is now a monthly. How have you guys persevered?
8: Um, so we've persevered by by transitioning into digital without without leaving behind our our print customers. Our print customers in baseball are so important, and um, especially some of the older customers but also the major league teams. Uh, our Baseball America is, is in the locker rooms. Um, it's, um, it's in the major league offices. So a lot of our subscribers are directly involved with the game. And what we find is that a lot of them would rather have uh, print. And, you know, we, I think we inherited something when we bought Baseball America in 2017 that, that read like the white pages. And I think we've turned it into something which feels and reads like the old ESPN the magazine. So really, our our we're one of the few businesses that we're going to stay print for a very long time, even though we're transitioning more and more as a percentage of our customers to digital.
2: Yeah, I'm one of your old print guys that still <laughs> still likes to hold it in my hand.
8: Yes, yeah, well, good. We we like you, and uh, you know, I still read it too. It's one of the few things um, I read that's printed. I've now. I find that the things I read on a daily basis, I do, um, I do online, and then the things I read weekly or once a month is more some things that I, that I read as print. Interesting. Right, okay.
2: Well, before we let you go, I mean, this show is syndicated, so there could be a, a, a team in, in some backwater or maybe in some big city that wants to know more about this uh, loan opportunity. How will they get in touch with you, Gary?
8: Sure, they could email me, and my email is uh, ggreen at alliance.us, or, um, or they can find me on Twitter. Um, it's, um, it's uh, you know, I forgot my Twitter address. <laughs> they can find me on Twitter. Just search uh, Gary Green, um, or do a Google search Gary Green, baseball owner, and they can find me there.
2: There he is, Gary Green, CEO of uh, Alliance Sports and uh, running Baseball America, Storm Chasers, the Flying Squirrels, and uh, the what's Montgomery, the Biscuits, right?
8: The Montgomery Biscuits, yes, the Double A affiliate of the Kansas City Royals.
2: Love that name. All right, hey Gary, uh, congratulations on the, uh, the getting this cash together and helping out these teams, and we'll talk to you down the road, man.
8: Okay, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah. No doubt. And you know what's weird about this new year? And um, as I said, you know, the Dreamers League uh, guys, you know, you think about how the Cape is going to change, how Alaska is going to change. I mentioned the Pioneer League, which actually is one of the luckier leagues because that was a rookie ball league. And those are teams uh, up in uh, Idaho, Utah, Oregon and Montana. Uh, a good buddy of mine got drafted by the Brewers, and when he played rookie ball, he played in Helena, Montana. But you've got, uh, I think, the Orem Owl moves, but you have Grant Junction, you have the Idaho Falls Chuckers, which was the Royals' uh, rookie league affiliate until they got their affiliation pulled. And and listen, Gary's right. The value of these teams are going to go up, but that's just because these other teams got gouged. And, and I'll stand by my my gouge word. Um But anyway, the Pioneer League team was one of the lucky leagues because they are a partner league of MLB. They're not affiliated. So what these teams are going to be doing now uh, is they're going to be uh, signing players, no one over 25. So it's like 23, 24, 25, guys that just are on the fringe of being an affiliated ball. And then they're going to sell these players. So these players are basically going to be minimum wage employees in the state they're in and then they will hope to be sold uh, onto a real team. And so this is kind of like a, uh, a farm league, but it will be professional. Uh, so, uh, But as I said, the Pioneer League is one of the lucky ones. There are a lot of leagues out there that just are completely gone. And I think about the Cow League, which went from high A to low A. I think about Fresno, the Grizzlies, which was a triple A team and is now a low A team. Talk about uh, my buddy, Hank Green, Hank Greenwald, Doug Greenwald doing play-by-play there for some 20 years. It's been a a gouging. All right, open segment finally on the other side, so come on in and get heard at 1-800-878-PLAY.
3: Now you can make your home look
0: great and save money Right now when you call Renewal by Anderson You can buy 4 windows and get the 5th one free Plus you get 12 months with no interest, no money down and no payments Upgrade your home Buy 4 windows and get the 5th one free Installation and warranty are even included And the Renewal by Anderson certified retailers Take every safety precaution to protect you and your family Pay for 25 years
10: You're crazy, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy.
11: I saw Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I be like that then.
2: Girl, I don't even know what you're talking about. Welcome back to the show. We got some open
11: lines,
10: so
2: feel free to get in at 1-800-87A-PLAY. You know, we just heard uh, Gary there saying that he would like to see the shift eliminated. And then I talked about the fact that, well, just hit it the other way. And he is right. You know, you see a ball hit between first and second. It's in the right field. Oh, wait, no, there's a guy standing eight steps and shallow right. What happened there? Um, <clears throat> I'm not a fan of telling teams how to play. I'm just not. And restricting them. I mean, what about the times when... The center fielder runs in in the bottom of the last and somebody throws him an infielder's glove and he parks his butt on second base and they play with two outfielders. What are you going to say? Oh, only in the ninth inning. Is is that going to be a rule? I think that if you want to get tricky and you want to put, I mean, if you look, I've always been fascinated by this about baseball. The game of failure. The Players love to players only. Fans never do, but players say it's a game of failure. So they don't feel bad when they get two hits out of ten. But (laughs) I've always been fascinated by the fact that if you go to a game and you look out and you wonder how you could ever get anybody out. All the just acres of pasture, a park, they call it a park. It's literally... Spaces and spaces of emptiness, and you got to hit this little ball, and all it has to do is just touch the ground before it's caught. And you just got to beat it to the bag. Now, the bag's a long ways away, and 90 feet is pretty amazing for the bang bang plays it has. If it was 89 feet, everybody would be safe, and it would be 91 feet, everybody would be out. It's just weird how 90 feet works. But and 60 feet, 6 inches for the rubber, it's it, it's whatever. We're used to it by now. But I've always been fascinated by the fact that how, how can anybody get out? All you have to do is hit it into these massive open spaces, <clears throat> especially the outfield. Three guys to cover all that ground. Well, if you hit a can of corn fly ball, it's very easy to do it. So I'm just, I'm not a fan of restricting how teams employ their players. You know, unless it's a bad faith situation, you know, unless they want to be sassy or like, I'm not, who was the guy? I forgot his name. He stole first. How can you do that? Well, he wanted to mock the pitcher. He stole second and he wanted to show how easy it was to steal on him. And he went back and stole first. Can you imagine the brawl nowadays? If that would happen. So probably it wasn't a brawl then. But they made that illegal. You're automatically out. They got rid of the what they call the popcorn play. Fake to third, throw to first. And the reason they got rid of that, it was just basically too hard for umpires to call box, and so they just never did. And every time it happened, the manager would just chew the umpire out. That was a balk. And by the way, in the history of baseball, maybe one time you got the guy. Hey, he's throwing over to third. I'm going to break for second. It always went so fast. It just just never worked. So, as I said, if it's some sort of bad faith situation, maybe. You know, like if you brought in everyone on the team and you put seven guys in between second and first base, just to mock a guy because he always pulls zero outfielders. But then again, if you want to do that, you could, right? Is that the notion that a player can control where they're going to go with the ball is incorrect. As I said, not everybody's George Brett. And I remember even when I would play bare belly softball and I was always the third baseman, I'd love the hot corner. Just stand right on the bag, just get that sizzle one hopper and gun a guy out. It was fun. and Or I'd play short, but I like third base better. Because um, you didn't have to move as much. <laughs> Less range. But <clears throat> I remember there were times guys would come up and... The right fielder, or the second base, and they could, they could put their glove down because they knew the guy was going to pull. And there are big leaguers like that. What they call the spray chart. I know it sounds nasty. But... And, and you think, well, why why would you punish a guy for being able to... Look, the reason they don't want the shift is because they want more action. Aha. Yes. That is what it's all about. They just want more action. And so this is why they're thinking about getting rid of the old shift. Now... As for players who just try to hit a home run every at-bat, I mean, if the defense is always perfectly tailored to your tendencies when the ball is in the field of play, you would say, well, why why don't I just try to hit a home run every time? But see, that's what happens is if you try to hit a home run every time, what do you do? You just pull it. The thing that makes me mad about professional hitters sometimes it's not just that they'll close their eyes and swing like you and I would. Is the fact that they try to pull outside pitches. You know, they'll, they'll literally like step over the plate and try to get an early swing on an outside pitch. Just because they have no idea about just having an inside-out swing or just delaying it and just going the other way. There used to be a thing in baseball where if there was a guy on first with no outs, you just automatically hit it to the second baseman just to move the guy over not directly at him, but in the hole just to move the guy over and get him over to third, right? Or I should say, I'm sorry, on second base. you did hit to the right side just to move the guy over. He wasn't going to try and gun the guy out at third, especially on a non-force. So <clears throat> I just, uh, I see the shift as a fad. That's all it is. I don't and, and you might say, well, Rick, the technology with the analytics and the numbers and the metrics, it's growing and growing and growing. It's it's here to stay. I don't know. Is it really that beneficial that it's here to stay? We've had things come and go in baseball. Do you remember the game winning RBI? That stat was around for a few years in the late eighties, early nineties. And then it went away because they said it didn't properly Show that it was a game-winning RBI, and then my I my buddy said, "How can you have a game with no game-winning RBI?" Because what you would do is you would—I know I would—I would, I would look at the stats, and at the bottom of the page, it would say GW RBI, and there'd be a name, and you go, "Okay, there's the hero. That's the guy that won it." And it's like, not really. <laughs> and you could say, "How could you not have a game-winning RBI?" And it's like, well, let's say <clears throat> that you uh, are winning eight to nothing. So the run that gave you the lead was the first run. So that technically is your game-winning RBI if the team doesn't score. But then the team scores four runs. Now it's eight to four, and you don't score anymore. Well, nothing clutch happened. There's no game-winning RBI. There wasn't? What about the fifth run? Yeah, but at the time, we didn't realize the fifth run was going to be it. So we can't put any uh, luster on it. Okay, yeah. So now we just count things like walk-offs. And Dennis Eckersley coined the term, the walk-off is for the pitcher, not for the hitter. But the other thing is, is that uh, about the shift is that I really don't care. It's not one of my pet peeves. Like when I see it, I don't go, ah, it doesn't make my blood boil. And some people, it literally makes their blood boil. They just hate it, hate it, hate it. To me, the only thing that bugs me about the shift is like when they do it to Matt Olsen of the A's, he tries to bunt down the third baseline. And I'm like, that's not why you're in the big leagues. Play gold glove defense, but mostly try to hit the ball into the seats in between the poles. (laughs) Try that. But I also feel that you have to have the freedom to innovate within the rules. And that's why a lot of people want to get rid of the rules. But I think about in football, the first guy to split an end, you know, if you wanted to throw it to somebody in football, it had to be the last person on the line or somebody who was off the line. But, of course, you have to have seven guys on the line. So there weren't a lot of options to throw it. And so when that guy was lined up at the end of the line, the end, when he went out for a pass, uh, he was pretty easy to cover. Can you imagine how bizarre it was when somebody split an end? Where's the last guy in the line of scrimmage? He's way down there. He's 20 yards that way towards the sideline. Well, now there's a big hole in your line. We don't care. You don't care what's going to happen. This guy's going out for a pass anyway. Who cares if he's on the line? The most he's going to do is chip a linebacker. So that was within the rules. And now it it looks weird when you see double tight with no whiteouts. It's basically some red dog goal line situation or trying to get the first or a victory formation, right? So I think you have to allow innovation within the rules. And you don't have to like it. But I, I always say, like, these things will die their own death so they'll live their own lives. It's like communism, you know, in Europe. And I remember when the Berlin Wall came down, one of my favorite stories about the futility of communism was that there was this shoe factory in East Berlin that was making boots and they had just huge, huge pyramids of boots that had never been worn because all they made was size 10. And, you know, people have different sizes. So they said, why didn't you make different sizes? And they said, nobody ever told us to, and it would be harder to do that. It's just much easier to just make the same size. We can use the same cutouts and whatever. And, you know, you wonder how, why communism died. It's because, of, <laughs> you know, you get the idea, everyone's equal, no one's rich. Okay, wait, what? Everyone's equal, no one's rich. Okay, fine. So I kind of feel like that's the thing with the shift. The shift is either going to be a big pyramid of size 10 boots or it's going to be its own uh, revolution. And then we'll just come to expect that these guys who can't do anything but pull the ball, they're just going to have to get used to it because you know what hitters are going to do? Hitters are going to adjust. They're going to adjust or they're not going to be in the big leagues. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on SportsWide.
3: That's 800-693-8290. Hey travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick
5: up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices our prices are too low to publish online with the extra money you'll save you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping so stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight let one of our smart expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you call smart today and get the best price on your next flight guaranteed
3: also save up to 50 percent off business and first class tickets that's 855-325-1780 do you own an annuity either fixed rate indexed or
6: variable are you paying high fees and getting low returns if so annuity general would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity Hurry, supplies are limited.
3: Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. I joined the Army because my father and my brother were in the Army. I thought I'd better join before I got drafted. Son, uh, there ain't no draft no more. There was one?
11: tittle always goes commando
2: hey thanks for that and we have another hour to go coming up in about 15 minutes tim shriver part of the kennedy clan and chairman of special olympics will join us you know when you hate sports and then it just gets to a level where you you're so numb that you can't even feel the hate anymore that was me yesterday After the show, as I was watching the second leg of my team Tottenham Hotspur at Dinamo Zagreb in Croatia, Tottenham and the Europa League kept trying to get into the last eight, which the draw was today, and they had a two-goal lead going in. And Dinamo Zagreb's manager on uh, Tuesday uh, got a five-year prison sentence for Um, embezzling transfer fees, like $13 million of transfer fees. So their head coach went to jail for five years. The interim head coach um, had two days to get the team ready. Halftime, 0-0, the teams are just standing around. Okay, let's just get this over with. And then a guy named Mislav Orsic, 25-year-old Croatian international, just shredded Tottenham. Hit a meteor of a goal over uh, Hugo Lloris's head. Uh, slaloms into the box with uh, Musa Sissoko jogging behind him to tie it. And then an extra time, a beautiful individual goal, beating five guys going near post from outside the box. And Tottenham are out of Europe. And their manager now might get sacked, Jose Mourinho. Uh, Eric Dyer, by the way, played last two games, including the North London Derby. Tottenham lost both games. Uh, it was shocking. It was, as they call over there, shambolic, diabolic, all that stuff. And sports. But I, I got to the point where like, I was so disappointed that I almost felt like it was almost like Serenity Now. It was almost like this numb feeling where you don't even hate sports because you don't even care enough to hate. Don't worry. I'm back. And we <laughs> we have another hour to go. So come on back.
10: USA Radio News with Wendy King.
11: President Biden and Vice President Harris are in Atlanta to promote the American Rescue Act and speak with Asian community leaders after eight people were shot to death there. They're also visiting the CDC, where coronavirus guidelines for opening schools are being revised. Tensions were high at the first face-to-face meeting between Biden administration officials and Chinese representatives. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said China's behavior threatens global stability.
6: The United States relationship with China will be competitive where it should be, collaborative where it can be, adversarial where it must be.
11: Blinken's Chinese counterpart shot back, saying U.S. democracy is struggling and black Americans are being slaughtered. The State Department says private discussions that followed were substantive and serious. This is USA Radio News.
4: You've heard of cancel culture. They want to ban Dr. Seuss books from our schools. And some want monuments for George Washington and Thomas Jefferson removed. If you're fed up with cancel culture, watch Newsmax TV. Each night this week, Newsmax exposes the dangerous agenda of cancel culture. Tune in tonight for blockbuster shows with Greg Kelly, Grant Stinchfield, Rob Schmidt, Sean Spicer, and Lindsey Keith. You'll be surprised by what you see everyone is talking about Newsmax now America's fastest growing cable news channel. It's on all major cable systems. If you don't get it call your operator. Tell them you want it Newsmax is also free on smart TVs like Samsung LG, Vizio and platforms like Roku, YouTube, Zumo, Pluto and more and download the free Newsmax app on your phone and watch it anywhere. Every day check Newsmax.com for breaking news and watch Newsmax TV for the news you need to No. Millions are watching. So can you.
11: The Department of Education has announced plans to roll back a Trump administration policy that granted only partial student loan relief to students that were defrauded by for-profit colleges. A senior education official said that the formula introduced by former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos was not granted an appropriate level of relief to borrowers. The department said it should eliminate about $1 billion in student loan debt relief from about 72,000 students. The Federal Reserve announced that it will not extend an emergency order given a year ago that eased the amount of capital banks were required to keep to counter potential economic hardships brought on by COVID-19. The Fed said it will allow the rule to expire at the end of March. Ordered in the early weeks of the crisis last year, the rule permitted U.S. banks to exclude treasuries and deposits with Fed banks from the calculation of its leverage ratios. You're listening to USA Radio News. Senators John Cornyn and Ted Cruz will be leading a delegation to the U.S.-Mexico border on Friday the 26th amid a surge of illegal aliens. USA's John Clements reports.
4: The Biden administration has been blamed for the humanitarian crisis as thousands of children have been encouraged to come to the border despite the dangers. During a conference call, Senator John Cornyn spoke of those dangers. The Border Patrol has told me that roughly a third of the women and girls who uh, make their way into the United States have been sexually assaulted. Senator Cornyn also told us many of the children come from countries that advocate America's destruction. That just this year, they had detained people from 54 different countries at the Texas-Mexico border. From the USA Radio News Texas Bureau, I'm John Clemens. If you thought last month's bitter cold
11: was chillier than any Februarys in the past, you were right. It was. New data from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration puts February 2021 as the coldest in more than 30 years in the U.S., North America, Scandinavia, and Northern Asia were all significantly below average in temperatures last month. The Central and Eastern Tropical Pacific Ocean, as well as Australia and parts of the Southern Oceans, were also notably colder during February than in previous years.
2: Thank you for that and uh welcome back to the show rick Tittle with you coast to coast and border to border around the world on american forces radio network <clears throat> coming up after the break uh, tim shrivel will join us his uh, mother uh, was uh, eunice kennedy who was uh john f kennedy's uh younger sister and um all she did was uh, find, invent Special Olympics. Or I should just say Special Olympics, I don't say that anymore. She founded Special Olympics. And then she married Sergeant Shriver, who was the ambassador to France. And uh, he actually was the, he was vice presidential candidate in 1972 <clears throat> with McGovern. I was a Mc, uh, McGovern Shriver. And um, so his dad, all he did was invent the Peace Corps, <laughs> so it's probably not surprising that uh, Tim's life uh, has been dedicated uh, to philanthropic uh, measures. He's been chairman of Special Olympics since 1996, and he's here to talk about the, uh, a new book called The Cult of the Night, which is... Uh, you know, once again, probably not going to get a lot of jerky boys type of stuff. Although, I've had Tim on before, and he's, uh... uh it's not like he's a stiffy. He He's a jovial guy, at least the last few times. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. After Tim, we'll have open lines the rest of the way at one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. Tune in radio. Uh, that is uh, on... Uh, an app on your phone, as is iHeartRadio. Uh, you know, these shows sometimes are podcasted through iTunes. There's an hour from October 9th. Okay. It's Hodgepodge. You can find us there. You can find us in a lot of weird places, but a lot of cool places too, like the American Forces Radio Network. $500. Outlet. Thank you for your service. You're doing great. Stay safe. Come home soon. Keep up the good work. We're proud of you. Um, sportsbyline.com is the website. You can go there and click listen live to hear us stream along. And email's rick at sportsbyline.com. Tim Shriver on the other side. Come on back. Oh, oh. Right now at O'Reilly Auto
5: Parts, pick up 5 quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil for $28.95 and get a $10 O'Reilly gift card after mail-in rebate. You can even order at OReillyAuto.com and we'll deliver it curbside. Protect your engine from sludge and wear at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh,
3: oh,
10: oh, O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, James, that order just doubled. we got to move fast here.
1: Indeed knows unexpected growth can stretch your business thin. Uh, somebody pick
10: up that phone.
1: Like at Luca's Gourmet Frozen Pizza Company, Careful. to operate at scale, he needs to get started hiring right, right away.
10: I need Indeed.
1: Indeed you do. And the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit Indeed.com credit and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply.
5: Seventeen fifty
7: nine. Hello again
11: and welcome to the show. Liang Rick Tittle's got a black belt in keeping it real.
2: All right, uh, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle, with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's a brand new book from the Open Field and Penguin Publishing. It's called "The Call to Unite." Voices of Hope and Awakening, and uh, one of the editors of that book joins us now, Tim Shriver. Once again, he's been on the show before. Great to have him back. Of course, chairman of Special Olympics as well. Tim, as uh, the pandemic got going last spring, a lot of us were just kind of waiting to get out of our houses, and uh, you were one of the people who recognized very early that people were going to need help. And so in May of last year, you organized the Call to Unite event to to raise money, when you first had the idea, and then you were able to pull it off, what were some of those challenges?
6: Yeah, well, first, thanks, and good to be back, and good to be with all your listeners around the world. It's, uh, it's an honor to be able to share this book, Rick. I've got to tell you, you know, last year, uh, we were already, as you know, as we all know, we were already struggling with an incredible division in our culture, and, you know, I spent my whole life, you mentioned Special Olympics, I spent my whole life with people trying to figure out how to overcome division. Uh, that's what special olympics really is it's a playground of bringing people together you know who have been divided so when the pandemic hit i thought to myself well man this is going to be our chance because there's no way we can't see that this is something we need to unite around and then it started going south you know acrimony and everybody's yelling at each other again and i just thought to myself you know, no matter how isolated we get, there are other stories of us. And why don't we tell the other story of us? Why don't we tell the the story that is out there, but it needs to be shared? So I just started calling people. A little crazy, really, because you know I was still learning Zoom. Maybe you were too. You know, seems like a hundred years ago. But uh, people, you know, the, the the beautiful thing about humanity. I you know sound very very. Uh, in the clouds about this, but the beautiful thing is when you invite people to bring out their best, they almost always try. And that's all I did. I just said, we, well, you know, we're, we're talking about a call to unite. We need to, we need to unite right now. Will you join us? And Oprah said yes. And Common said yes. And, you know, president Clinton and president Bush said yes. And, uh, you know, all these folks from around the world said yes. The Dalai Lama said yes. And, Uh, You know, the Alvin Ailey Dance Theater, American Dance Theater said yes, and children's groups said yes, and teachers said yes, and nurses and doctors. And we were on the air for 25 hours with one big new version of who we are, Uh, you know, with a lot more gratitude, a lot more empathy. And this book captures it. You know, everyone's, I don't know if that's you, but I feel like we're all sort of trying to figure out what happens when this ends. Uh, you know, no doubt. Ken, Robinson, yeah, Ken Robinson in the book, unfortunately, he died shortly after, but he said, you know, we need a new normal. And the way I look at it is this book is a handbook for a new normal for each of us. I hope that's what it is. It certainly has been for me.
2: Well, yeah, that uh, event raising more than $85 million towards relief, which was astounding. You know, something you said about the country being separate and, and, and we're about the same age and uh, you know we've never seen in our lifetime such separatism and and of course we hit rock bottom on January 6th but you know gone are the days where you know Reagan and Tip O'Neill would have a drink you know and just kind of talk you know it's this is all or nothing you know it's you're this yeah. you're that and you are a, you're a piece of trash unless you agree with me are we ever going to get back to the
6: new normal of the old normal Well, I think um, maybe not back, but forward. You know, think about, Rick, in our our lifetimes, how how all these new efforts to get us healthier, to, you know, people trying to learn mindfulness and schools trying to teach social and emotional learning and organizations like Special Olympics trying to end the barriers of institutionalization. and, And, you know, I could go on and on about so many organizations and so many movements that are trying to remind us that we're more alike than different, you know, artistic organizations. So I kind of feel like what's coming is a new normal. It's going to have a lot more respect for people who were locked out in the old days, uh, women, people of color, indigenous populations, people with disabilities, people of different sexual orientations. You know, they, th- their dignity has to be, At the center of the new normal i just we just can't afford any longer to pretend as though one group is better than another because of their birth or their skin color it's crazy it's outrageous it's got to end but at the same time this book is an invitation to to show you how to respect the dignity of others but still hold on to a sense of yourself like still be confident about yourself you know look at how many americans are lonely i mean the numbers are staggering it's just heartbreaking look how many americans Have taken their own lives in the last year or two, and those numbers are going up. I mean, that's uh, that's you know, there's not there's no more horrifying and more tragic sign of loneliness and despair than taking one's own life. Obviously, so I mean, these are things where we have to come up with new ways. I mean, this conversation, you and I talking about the role of empathy or gratitude or or even rest. You know, one of the contributors in the book, Reverend Angel, talks about. Uh, just taking a pause, like how many times in our harried, uh,
1: chaotic,
6: stressed out lives do we remind each other to take a pause, to rest? You know, these are very, you know, uh, very, imp- I think very important lessons that that we can get back. Maybe maybe we won't have, uh, you know, the, the Reagan O'Neill conversations. It'll look different. Uh, it'll be different. But I hope it can have kind of a newfound sense of the dignity of each person. That's what social science tells us. The brain science is right in here. It's in the book. If you want to know the brain science, it's here in on one page. When you treat other people with dignity, you're happier. Full stop. I mean
2: Very well uh, said. Yeah. We can do that. How how did the um, you know the pandemic affected everyone? So how did Special Olympics do? And I know you guys are still planning on Russia for next year, right?
6: We are we're uh, world winter games in Kazan, Russia, and you know when I tell people that, I get the same face. It's funny, you know, because I get the same face sometimes that I get when I say, uh, you know, we're working across the political aisle. People go, "You're going there?" You know, like when sometimes people say, "You're working with them," or you you listen to those people, and my answer is absolutely. I'm listening. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't have strong beliefs. Believe me, I have strong I have really strong beliefs. But I've added a one more belief, which is that I understand others more when I listen and I cancel judgment and that that understanding can be the vehicle for deeper movement both in my, myself and in others towards a common future. So you know, we're going to go to Kazan, Russia. Some people think that's crazy. We're going. Why? They want us. They're willing to welcome us. They've got fantastic sports facilities. Uh, athletes with intellectual disabilities, we don't uh, We don't judge you based on your politics. You know, we, we, we uh, our movement looks for people who are willing and are ready to try to do better. And that's what the people of Russia have said. They want to do better by people with intellectual disabilities host these games, and leave a legacy of change, bingo, we're in. That's it. Uh, it's a different approach, you know, than some other organizations that uh, have a scorecard of whether you're right or wrong and, you know, either throw you in or throw you out depending on how they evaluate you. We we try to live a little bit of a different philosophy. We learned it from our athletes. Yeah,
2: and as we know, athletes aren't politicians, and you know, Jimmy Carter said himself that his biggest regret was boycotting Moscow and then the Soviet Union had to boycott LA and it just it didn't it didn't help anyone we've been speaking with Tim Shriver see uh, the chairman of Special Olympics the new book the call to unite voices of hope and awakening and inside Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, T.D. Jakes, Ariana Huffington it's all there Tim thank you so much for your time and congratulations on the book thanks and
6: I hope folks will see it as a great gift and a great companion for anybody that's looking for a way to build back a better normal and a healthier and happier future, this is uh, this is a gift from humanity to every reader, and I hope. All right. Apparently, we have a heartbreak.
3: That's 877-360-0402.
4: I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him.
11: His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
4: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I just want to tell him
11: it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help.
3: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Uh, what kind of music do you usually have here?
1: Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western.
11: Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat Boy.
2: Oh, I don't know why we had to cut off Tim Shriver mid-sentence, but uh, when it wasn't even a regional break. But anyway, apologies. Uh, Rick, what I hope people get out of this break is, I don't know why we had to go to break right at that second. But anyway, um, thanks to Tim Shriver. The the show is open the rest of the way. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-PLAY. Get in and get heard. All sporting topics uh, are always uh, welcome. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Well... Do you remember we were talking about, uh, and it was just a couple of days ago when Dak Prescott got his extension, that somebody said, oh, there's the Amazon money being spent. And we were kind of laughing about, like with Trent Williams in San Francisco, there's the Amazon money. Well, the Amazon money is in. Because last night, the NFL announced an 11-year deal. Nothing is 11 years. Nothing. <clears throat> This is why people laugh at these long-term contracts like Scotty Pippen signs. and It's like, what are you doing? You can't sign that long. But ask Mike Trout or Fernando Tatis. 11 years. And it's... Uh, when this... It's going to start after the 2022 season and it's going to run through 2033. CBS... ABC, ESPN, NBC, Fox, and Amazon will all be involved. No one's left out. Unless you're Crackle. Then you're left out. Or to be. To be or not to be. Commissioner said, these new media deals will provide our fans even greater access to the games they love. We're proud to grow our partnerships with the most innovative media companies in the market. Along with our recently completed labor agreement with the NFL Players Association, these distribution agreements bring an unprecedented era of stability to the game and will permit us to continue and grow and improve the game. So, Roger Goodell right now is the conquering hero when he, for a lot of uh, issues, was not. Now, in 10 years from now, when this deal looks like garbage, then they'll talk about what a bonehead he was. But not now. Now it's all good. So, first of all, CBS, NBC, and Fox will have the option to simultaneously stream all the games that they have. That means all the games on CBS will be on Paramount+, Plus, which, by the way, sucks donkey butt. Yesterday, it went out on me three times trying to watch Tottenham. Rick, it's a brand new service. I don't want to hear it in 2021. Paramount Plus sucks, but not as much as Peacock sucks. Peacock bites the big one. When I say the big one, I mean a big butt. Um, (laughs) Okay, tell us how you really feel. CBS will continue with the AFC Remember, that switched in the 90s because NBC was always the AFC. Uh, They will get a few NFC games as well. Uh, The package is highlighted by 10 CBS doubleheaders, including the most-watched Sunday afternoon slot. That's 425 Eastern and Thanksgiving. CBS will get three Super Bowls. They will get the Super Bowl 58. Super Bowl 62, and Super Bowl, yikes, 66. Ugh. (laughs) It's just always my age. That's why it seems like, ugh. Fox will get three Super Bowls. NBC will get three Super Bowls. ABC slash ESPN, yeah, they'll get two Super Bowls. So uh, CBS and Paramount Plus will also get the full state of a slate of playoff games, AFC Championship game, one division game, one wildcard game, blah, blah, blah. Sean McManus, the head of CBS Sports, says, quote, The NFL has been a cornerstone of CBS Sports programming for more than 60 years. Remember when they were left out? We are extremely pleased to extend our longstanding partnership with the NFL for the next decade. The NFL is the most valuable content of all media. We're excited that the deal allows for more Sunday afternoon games than ever before, and we retain the NFL's most watched time slot. This wide-ranging deal includes significantly expanded rights, and we look forward to continued growth and to maximizing the enormous value of the NFL across all of our CBS platforms. You mean like Paramount Plus? That sucks. So, uh, ESPN will keep Monday Night Football. ESPN Plus, which isn't bad for streaming services. I've got to say, ESPN Plus isn't bad for simulcast capabilities and flex games, of course. Flex games is when you take your bicep and you lift the dumbbell. I mean, it's when a game stinks. Uh, at the beginning of the year, you think, oh, Cowboys, 49ers. And then when both teams are 2-12, and 12, you're like, ugh. And you're like, wait, Titans and Falcons are undefeated. Oh, damn. Well, let's get that one. NBC will keep Sunday night football, and we'll be on the Peacock, which stinks. <laughs> and the NFL Network, remember them? Those are actually in-house. <clears throat> and they will get what they call a slate of exclusive games. But how about this? Thursday Night Football beginning in 2023 will be the exclusive home of Amazon Prime Video. That's right. Now remember, last year we saw some of this go down. Amazon was doing some games. They did a Niner game. I remember that. All right. Free agency, as we're still looking to see what happens to Kenny Galladay and Juju Smith-Schuster and Melvin Ingram, and others. We did see an interesting uh, dealio, and it's weird, but Mitchell Trubisky is going to the Buffalo Bills. And you figured, that's a good number two for that team behind Josh Allen. Move around in the pocket a little bit. Uh, $2.5 million? Why not? But if you think about the Bears, you just went from Mitchell Trubisky, to Andy Dalton, and I guess Nick Foles. And they closed out the night by dumping their former all-pro cornerback, Kyle Fuller, as well. So that was weird. Uh, Kenyon Drake is now a uh, member of the Silver and Black. And he gets $14.5 million as a running back from a team that already owns a workhorse at that position. So, I think that the Raiders are misusing resources here, but this is a major victory for Drake. He moves to Las Vegas, limited wear and tear as a compliment to Josh Jacobs. Presumably catch a bunch of passes from Derek Carr and get top 10 running back money. Oh, Mike Mayock, you know there's defense too, right? Oh, and there's no lineman, and you need defense. Uh, Zach Ertz. The Eagles are trying to drum up interest in him. We already heard that he was leaving. Now it's official. The Chargers make a ton of sense because, uh, oh, he's a Californian. But nope, they lost Hunter Henry New England, but they just signed Jared Cook for $6 million. Unless they want to get it as well. But how about this? Miami brought in a quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, and they brought in Malcolm Brown at running back. Remember they lost Fitz to Washington. So and then, as I mentioned, Will Fuller, uh, he comes in on a well, oh, that was powerful. Will Fuller comes in on a one-year deal. But you know, win-win, low risk, high reward. I don't know. But you know, is there going to be more uh, controversy? Look, you need a veteran quarterback. You need a guy who. Is going to be around and who is going to uh, be able to step in? I mean, think about how many times Tua got benched last year. So look, they they made their uh, they made their bed, and now they're going to uh, have to uh, you know what's the thing lie in it. It's basically it. So, and what I mean is, you passed on Herbert, you took Tua. And uh, now you have to just see if he's actually the real deal. And that happens sometimes. You know, like that's not going to happen in the green part of New Jersey because uh, they're going to take uh, the kid from uh, BYU, I think. Although I think it's interesting, too, that I saw a mock today from Emory Hunt, and he said that the Jets are in love with Justin Fields. That would be a Jets thing to do, wouldn't it? <laughs> He says Zach Wilson's going to drop to 12 in San Francisco. That would be something. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
4: it's important to act now while you still have options optima is a plus rated with the better business bureau optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients get your life back for tax help you need for tax help you can trust call optima now for your free consultation
5: call 800-367-6289 800-367-6289 800-367-6289
3: optima tax relief
5: some restrictions apply for complete details please visit OptimaTaxrelief.com.
6: where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? Great
3: a he he up on the beach. was
0: on wall. And the power
3: that he feels when he the trigger of food and done a cup of I tell it.
1: I'm so disgusted
9: by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
2: Well, 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 what do you think of that? one eight hundred eight seven eight. play We have the uh, All-Americans uh, mentioned. Um, first team and uh, second team, third team. And, and to me, this is honestly the most anonymous group because I only recognize a few names um, in this COVID season. I've not been poring over it. First team, Luke Garza, certainly know him, the se- uh, senior from Iowa. Jared Butler, the junior from Baylor. I O Do-Sum-Wu, the junior from Illinois. Cade Cunningham, a freshman from OK State. And the senior from Gonzaga, Corey Kispert, And I know the offense goes through Kispert. I would have thought Jalen Suggs would have been All-American. He's second-team All-American. He's a freshman at Gonzaga. Drew Timmy, the sophomore at Gonzaga, is also All-American as is second-team. Evan Mobley, a freshman at USC, Michigan freshman Hunter Dickinson, and a sophomore with the Illini named Kofi Cockburn. So Gonzaga uh, has three of the top ten players. In basketball, as far as All Americans go. And then third team All American, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, it's an honor. Davion Mitchell, the junior from Baylor. Quentin Grimes, the junior from Houston. Herb Jones, the senior from Alabama. Cameron Krutwig, the senior from Loyola. And uh, Chris Duarte, sophomore, the Oregon Ducks. <clears throat> I love Herb Jones. That sounds like a guy from the 70s. Davion, Jalen, Drew, Cade, Jared, Corey, Hunter, Luca, Cameron, Evan. Those are the first names of all these other guys. And then you get a Herb. (laughs) Herb Jones. Old school, baby. All right, now had some play-in games, and uh, by the way, I was four and zero in my play-in games. For those of you scoring at home, which is nobody. But let's talk about the uh, the games today, uh, because uh, well, first of all, I know I'm a little bit uh, late to the party when you want to talk about scores because it's uh, we already have uh, games underway, and <clears throat> I should give you an update. The most exciting game is between VATEC and Florida because they're in overtime right now, tied at 66 each. In the second period, Arkansas leads Colgate by 10 with about four and a half minutes left. That's a three over a 14. That shouldn't be surprising. Uh, Also, uh, a one versus a 16, Illinois versus Drexel, and it is ugly in that game, because we still have about 12 minutes to play, and Illinois leads 60 to 31. No mercy. <clears throat> uh, Utah State and Texas Tech at halftime. Utah State's the 11, and Texas Tech is the 6, and they hold a three point lead. So, coming up, we're going to have Oral Roberts, Ohio State. It's a 15 and a 2, respectively, and uh, that one. Uh, but, you know, this is why when you fill out your brackets, you need to get kind of tricky like that. Because the interesting thing about Oral Roberts is that they have a guy named Max Abmas. Abrams? No. Adams? No. Abmass. It sounds like something. Sorry, you have an Abmass right here. Uh, abmass is a six foot one guard and he ha- led the nation in scoring. Leading the nation in scoring is something that, uh, well, Steph Curry did it. That's not a bad thing. You think about Trey Young. He did it. He was at Oklahoma. So he is the three-point gunner. Uh, Ohio State will win that game, right? Don't you think? (laughs) But it could get ugly if that guy, what if he goes for 40? Uh, Then we'll have one versus 16, Hartford taking on Baylor. And uh, that'll be at Lucas Oil Stadium. Baylor is second in scoring margin this season in one of the toughest leagues in the country, the Big 12. So the thing about Hartford, this is their first dance. They've never been to March Madness before. But the interesting thing, too, about this game is that the spread is 25 points. And, look, Hartford is going to lose. I could see Hartford covering it. You know, Actually, now I see it's minus 26. That's a lot of points. This is why they want you to bet. Then, on paper, more evenly matched, nine Georgia Tech, eight Loyola. I don't say Loyola of Chicago. It's just Loyola. It's like I don't say St. Mary's College of California. It's St. Mary. Let everybody else. Why do you think California is just California? You don't have to say UC Berkeley. Berkeley. It's just Cal. Everybody else, and even UCLA stole the fight song. We are sons of California. You stole, and you even stole the mascot. It's not a bear, it's a, well, it is a bear, but it's a Bruin. A brown bear. Bruin is brown in Dutch, by the way. What's brown in German? Brown, like Eva Brown, or as we would say, brawn. So, <clears throat> anyway, Loyola... Um I think people are going to be picking them because they have the ACC player of the year, Moses Wright. Uh Uh-oh, Moses Wright's not playing. Yikes. Now, the Yellow Jackets, I don't know. Uh, They have a guy named Jose Alvarado. He's like the emotional leader of the team. I'm going to say without Moses Wright, they get stung by Georgia Tech. What do you think of that little upset for you, Oregon State, which barely made the field. They're taking on the volunteers. That's a 12 and a five. And Tennessee is one of these teams that's loaded with talent, but it's just inconsistent teamwork wise. But Oregon State, you know, they had a hot Pac-12 tournament. They got to the final and it's worth wondering if maybe they've cooled off. Uh, OSU was not good during the season, at least not offensively. I, I think Tennessee doesn't have a big problem here. Oklahoma State is a four. Liberty is 13. And <clears throat> isn't that Jerry Falwell's school? <clears throat> I have sinned. I think it is. Uh, but Oklahoma State, it's trendy. Like I just said, with their All-American, Kate Cunningham. But the other thing about Liberty is that they won 23, game, 23 games and they have one of the top 10 three-point attacks in the country. And if you think about sending them cowpokes off their rhythm, maybe it could this be a bunch of the Liberty Flames. People are picking Liberty in this game. Uh, and uh, Oklahoma State's favored by 7.5. Uh, now I'm going, how about them Cowboys from Stillwater? I'm a man. I'm 40. Jeff Gundy. Or not Jeff. Bank. It was the guy. Gundy. Whatever. Former quarterback there. Mike Gundy. Wisconsin is a nine. North Carolina is a eight. This is uh, at four o'clock our time. And they're kind of heading in opposite directions. Um, UNC's young Tar Heel talent has uh, been hot lately. And even though Wisconsin has a lot of veterans on their roster, they've been kind of cold lately. So I think you got to go with Carolina in that one. Cleveland State. Talked about them. I remember when Cleveland State, when I was in Cleveland in 86 for spring break, they uh, beat, I think it was Michigan State, and they beat Purdue or somebody else, and they got to play Navy with the Admiral. And they had a guy named Mouse on their team. I actually bought a Cleveland State sweatshirt, white with the green logo, just because everybody was just crazy for Cleveland State. And I had it for a while, but they lost to Navy by two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Houston, in that conference they're in, the AAC, when did they ever get tested, really? Um, But they don't care. They're an elite defensive team, and they have athletes that will overwhelm Cleveland State. You can look at what, what Houston does after this, but I think you can expect them to have an after this because they're not going to lose to Cleveland state. Rick, remember when you said they wouldn't be the 15 Yeah, I'm saying it Purdue is a four North Texas is a 13. I wonder how many names North Texas is on, but anyway, um, Purdue, they were one and done in the big 10 tournament. And that's why a lot of people think, Oh my gosh, they're ice cold. Well, before that, they won five in a row. They got some young stars in Jaden Ivey and Zach Edley. Once again, those are some new age names, Jaden and Zach. Uh, The Boilermakers are just too good. Um, North Texas, nice seeing you. And uh, yet, Purdue is only favored by seven and a half. Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights there in New Jersey, they're a 10. Clemson is a seven. And Rutgers has Ron Harper Jr. Remember him? He played for the Miami Redskins back in the day. They're now the Red Hawks there in Oxford, Ohio. They also have a kid named Jacob Young. And uh, plus the Scarlet Knights are breaking a 30-year drought. Can you believe that? That's how long they've been since they went to March Madness. Now, Clemson has a star named Amir Sims, who's supposed to be the guy. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Rutgers. And then we have Syracuse and San Diego State. Syracuse is an 11, San Diego State is a 6. They have one thing in common almost all of their games were close this year. So I'm going to go Syracuse and an upset over the Spaz Techs. And then uh, a couple more Morehead State versus West Virginia. That's a 12 and a 3, respectively. Virginia has that Derek Culver, that mountain man with the Mountaineers. Uh, And then Deuce McBride, Sean McNeil, Taz Sherman. They're going to get by Moorhead State very easily. And then finally, Winthrop. It's Winthorpe. But I always want to say Winthorpe. It's Winthrop. Winthrop versus Nova. This is at Indiana Farmers Coliseum, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 out here. It's a 12 and a 5. And it's maybe hard to overstate how tough the loss of Colin Gillespie is for Villanova. He was the senior. He was the guard. He keyed everything. And uh, this was the guy that Vince was talking about the other day, and I didn't know who he was, so I looked him up. But, yeah, he's been the guy. But then again, Winthrop was so dominant in the Big South that they didn't have any problems. This is probably going to be really close. In fact, a lot of people, this is their 12 upset over the five. I am sorry. Everyone thinks that Winthrop's going to – I'm not picking Nova to lose to Winthrop. I'm not – picking nova to lose so you're picking them to win i guess that's what i'm saying all right we'll take a quick break come on back on sports podcast
9: how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills john a former non-customer said my air conditioner broke and i had to spend nineteen hundred dollars to fix it jeff a customer wrote my air conditioner broke and i got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost mary a former non-customer wrote my heating system stopped running i had to spend three thousand dollars to get a new one lisa a customer wrote
11: Wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
2: Wow, that's some uh, harsh stuff. Anyway, uh, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the uh, show. Um, we do have the Champions League draw, which is, as I said, it hurts because my team is <laughs> got knocked out. Uh, but we have the quarterfinals, which are going to begin Tuesday, April 6th. Man City has been drawn with Borussia Dortmund. Um, that is a bit of a Mitch mismatch. Uh, Man City should get through there. One of the more intriguing ones is Real Madrid versus Liverpool. And um, I think we would fancy Real Madrid the way Liverpool's defense has been lately. Chelsea got a big break by getting Porto from Portugal. They should be going through. But the best matchup of all is Bayern Munich versus Paris Saint-Germain. And Bayern Munich, the holders, and Paris Saint-Germain, of course, with Mauricio Pochettino back as well. Um, that is going to be pretty amazing. All these games <coughs> will be on Paramount Plus. <laughs> so, if you ever want to know if I'm on the take or that I'm, you know, promoting something that I don't really like, when you hear me do a commercial. Uh, For the Peacock or Paramount+, Plus, you know that I'm just basically whoring myself out. And yeah, because unless they change, hey, I'm open-minded. You know, when ESPN Plus first started, it sucked too. So maybe they're going through growing pains. It's just that, you know, in a pandemic, when you come to rely on Netflix and Amazon and ESPN Plus, and then the Peacock goes, hey, here's us. And then they suck. The Peacock signal is fuzzy, and they drop all the time, and it's so user-unfriendly. And then CBS Plus, or whatever it was, now it's called Paramount Plus. Who's watching their TV on their phone outside of a soccer game? Is that the way you're watching TV? Is that the way kids are? Maybe they are. What do I know? All right, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all my uh, guests today, and uh, we'll do it again on uh, Monday, 9 a.m. peck time. Coming up next, Sports Talk.